0: Well, we started a brand new sermon series last week. If you uh, were with us, you heard it. Uh, And if you didn't, I'm going to do a little bit of review for the first portion of this time because we need to set the stage. But by no means are we going to cover what we did last week. It was too much. So really, to to do yourself a favor to understand where we're going in the series, you can watch the audio. Oh, I can't watch the audio. You can watch the video. Or listen to the audio on our website, LighthouseCedarLake.com. You can go back and listen to that later or watch that. Or on Facebook Live, it's still there from last week as well. So you can catch up if you missed this later on. But um, we're talking for the next couple weeks, uh, we started a series called How to Get Ahead. How to Get Ahead. And this series is basically a series about money. And because the Bible has a lot to say about money and how we handle it. And this is not a series about asking you, it's, it's, not, it's not about getting you to give, it's about you getting. We preach a lot about you giving. We preach about it a lot because we want you to be givers. We believe in that. But this is not a series about you giving. It's about, about you getting. It's about you getting ahead. Because I believe if you're a Jesus follower and you get ahead through his principles, through God's principles, he'll also lead you to give and he should be, should be doing that already but he'll continue to lead you to be generous. So this is about you getting ahead financially. And we're taking a few weeks to do that together at this time. This is a series for all ages and all income levels, because even if we're old enough to think it's too late for us, if we have children or grandchildren we can pass these truths on to, we need to own them, understand them, and pass them on to where it can make a difference. And it's never too late to start where you are. Some people will say, well, Arlen, I don't trust in my money. I trust in God. I want to trust in God and not in my money. Amen to that. Like, absolutely. The Bible tells us to trust in God and not in our wealth. I believe that. But here's the thing. Before that becomes a cop-out for why we don't, aren't responsible with our money or, you know, to excuse our free spirit of themse- ourselves from doing the right thing with our money by saying, I'm not, I'm not into the money, I just trust God. Good, trust God. But trusting God, listen, trusting God, it means trusting God enough to handle your money in the way that he says to, right? If i trust in God, if I'm following God, I'm also following his plan for how I handle it. So, so what you want to do is in your zeal to say, I'm trusting in God, say, God, what do you say about how I should handle what you've given me? And that's what we're talking about in this series. We talked a little bit last week about we use an old proverb that you, uh, we don't have time to review the whole thing, but the idea was about two broke brothers. There were two broke brothers in this proverb. The one brother was broke because he was lazy. He wouldn't go to work, and because he wouldn't go to work, he had nothing. And um, he just, you know, or he worked only as much as he absolutely had to to get by. He couldn't get ahead that way. He wasn't ahead. He, was, wasn't even, he just was lazy, did as little as necessary. He had a brother who would look down perhaps on him for his laziness because his brother was a hard worker. His brother worked hard. He worked extra. He, he, he marketed himself. He got, he got opportunities. He made them happen. He, worked, uh, he, just, he was a hard worker. But this brother was wasteful. Everything that he earned, he spent. Everything that he brought in went out into the stuff, nicer stuff, more stuff. He, he wasted it. And these brothers were different Perhaps the wasteful brother who worked hard would look at his lazy brother and say, man, you are lazy, and that's why you're not getting ahead. And the lazy brother would say, are you kidding me? Look at you. You're not getting ahead either because everything you work so hard for, you spend. And you're stuck in that mode because if you're going to keep living that lifestyle, you're going to have to work until the day you die. And the, the wasteful brother says, yeah, but at least I have stuff to waste it on because I've earned something. you got nothing because you don't do anything. And the, the lazy brother says, at least I have my time because I'm, 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 I'm in bondage to working for all my stuff. So I, I'm the smart one. See, and both brothers could potentially could look at the other one as being wrong and in error while they were the ones doing it right. But they were both missing a piece of the puzzle. Those two brothers are like all of us when it comes to anything in our life, like our politics, for example. As human beings, we're really good at looking across, across the aisle at other people who see the world differently than we see the world. And we know what's wrong with how they view the world. We know what's wrong with their viewpoints. But we don't see our own blind spots. These two brothers could see the lazy one says to the hardworking one, you're working so hard and you're not getting ahead because you waste it all. I'm the smarter one. And the other one says, man, you're getting nowhere because you're lazy. I'm the smarter one. Both were right about the other one, but they were wrong about themselves. They were different, but they were the same. They were brothers and they were both broke. And so, Solomon, in the book of Proverbs, Solomon told his children, Don't be like those two broke brothers, which is a different proverb. He said, Instead, be like the ant. And so, in Proverbs chapter 6 and verse 6, here's what he said. We saw this last week. He said, Take a lesson from the ants, you lazy bones. Learn from their ways and become wise. Though they have no prince or governor or ruler to make them work, they labor hard all summer, gathering food for the winter. And so he says, look, these ants, they work hard during the good months when it's summertime and the days are nice and it's time to take it easy because summer's only here once. They don't squander the summer away. They work hard during that good time. They work hard while they have the energy and the extra daylight and the extra resources. They work hard while it's good, even though they don't, don't, they don't need to work hard. There's plenty. They say, well, have we to work hard, there's plenty to live on. But they work hard in the summer because they knew that famous, famous quote, winter is coming. And so they were getting ready for it. And so they worked hard. And they didn't just work and consume it all. They stored it up. They stored it up all winter, summer long, so that when winter got there, they were ready for what was next. And we decided to illustrate this idea with these containers here. And so if you follow along, last week we used these, and I'll remind you, this container on your left, my right, is uh, full of M&Ms, and it's going to represent potential income, what we can bring in, the money we can earn. It's income. It's full of M&Ms, which stand for money and more money. So anyhow, we can go in and we can earn income. And that's what this, this stands for, is income. This other container over here, this represents outgo. What we spend our money on. The house, the, the uh, food we eat, the car we drive, the, clo- the clothes we wear, the things we do. The things that we don't have to do, but we want to do, so we do. It's our outgo. Income and outgo. The, the thing is, is this. The only way to get ahead is to, is to figure out how to handle these two categories. Our two broke brothers were broke because one refused to go make income. Or very much income. The other one was broke because everything he brought in, he he went out. It was outgo. And you can't get ahead that way. So what we said is to learn from the ant, what you do is we work hard to bring in income, but before it goes out, we set some aside, we save. We have to spend, you gotta live. But you don't have to have that big of a house, because that's just a lot money. You don't have to have that nice of a car because that car's gonna get old anyhow. You could not have that nice of clothes. So you don't you spend, but you don't spend all of it. Maybe you could even spend some and then save some more. In fact, we made the statement last week. We said that, um, you know, ultimately, what, what we could teach yourself, you could teach this to your children or your grandchildren. This is a good principle for when you're young, from the first time you get allowance or the first time you get your first job as a teenager, or when you're a young adult or a young married couple or any age all the way up. The, the, the secret is, is when you make any income at all, any little income when you're young or more income as you get older, whenever you make any income is decide to set aside 10% to give away. I believe in giving. You don't wait till you're wealthy to give away. You give away all the time. Set 10% aside decide to give. You set 10% aside in savings, and then you live off the 80%. If you just don't do that, if you decide to live first, and if you have extra, you'll save and give. You'll never save and you'll never give. Because we'll, I promise you, it's like a vacuum. 100% of our money can always go out. So if you preemptively say, nope, I'm, I'm going to give first, I'm going to save first— you'll find a way to survive off the 80%, just like you find a way to survive off the 100%. <laughs> you just got to shrink your opportunity and you'll make it work. You, we always do. So you earn some money, you, you give first, you save first, and then you live off the rest. And you give first, and you make and you you some money, you give, you save first, and then you live. And then you decide, you know what? I don't need all those coffee stops this week. I don't need to eat out. I don't need to do all those things. I could I can save a little extra this time. And you save some more. And this is how you get ahead. Because you do that, and you do that, and you say, well, that's, that's very slow. I'm not getting very far ahead. And that's because we tend to overestimate what we can do in a year, but we underestimate what we can do over five years or ten years. And so the idea is this. You keep doing that, and what did we say last week? It's long, consistent steps. In the same right direction. Long, consistent steps in the same right direction. But you keep doing that over time. Those things will grow and you'll get more. And you keep doing that and it'll grow and you'll have more. And you keep doing that. Not tomorrow, not next month, but over time. It grows. And it grows. And it grows. And you're ahead. And that's how you get ahead. Getting ahead is a screen. Getting ahead. Getting ahead is about widening the gap between income and outgo. Obviously, you've got to have as much income as outgo, obviously. Obviously, if you have too little income, if you have more outgo than income, you're going in the hole. You're in debt, you're gonna be in trouble at some point. So you want to have more income than outgo. But what we tend to do is we, we we get more income. And then all the, so we get our first job, we get, become a young adults or a young married couple. We don't make much money, but we find a way to live within our income. And then we get a little more income at some point in life. We just make more income. And all of a sudden, because we make more, we need more. We didn't need it before, but now that we can, well, now we need more. And our outgo just tends to always go up to our income. If the every income ever goes backwards, we're usually in trouble. But, but keeping that gap of increasing the income— decreasing the outgo getting getting ahead is is about widening that gap where you get that income to go higher keep the outgo as low as possible and create a gap and that gap is how we get ahead and getting ahead is what we're talking about here and we do that by maximizing income and minimizing outgo now we're going to talk about minimizing outgo a different week We're going to talk about how to put this to work for you in our final week. Uh, I told you last week, I'm going to, this little tease right here. I told you last week, I wanted you to go home and think about one question. What does getting ahead mean to you? And there's no wrong answer. What does getting ahead mean to you? But here's what I want you to know. I secretly hope it means for you. I want getting ahead for you to mean that eventually you get ahead to where this replaces your need to go make income someday. And not just when you're old in your 60s and you can Uncle Sam says you can collect Social Security. I mean, I'd like for you to do, get ahead ahead to where you, you can replace your need to worry about uh, making money in order to do what you want to do in life and set yourself free. But getting ahead, once you start doing this, you can put this to work for you, as we'll talk about, especially that last week, how to do that. Before that, you've got to minimize the outgo, but not for today. Today, we're going to focus on the other part of the formula. We're going to focus on maximizing income. Because it's about maximizing income, minimizing outgo. The gap creates your ability to get ahead. So how do we maximize income? Well, ultimately, it's through a dirty little four-letter word. It's called work. That's right. This is how it is. It's through work. And, and we don't always say, oh, man, it's a work sermon. I should have just stayed home today, right? So, uh, maybe you're a young person and you're like, I don't want to work. I don't want to work my whole life. I want to work for the man. I am going to be in bondage to the man my whole life. I understand. Who does? Here's the, here's the secret of this series. I don't want you to either. I want you to get ahead so you can have options. But when we say work today, we're saying you can't have those options until you create that gap, until you get ahead. And so, be, so this sermon about maximizing income and working is not to say, we want you to work until you drop one day. We want you to work so you, you can stop. so something can work for you. But you got to do it first. got to do it first. Because here's the thing. Outgo is always going to be there. There's always going to be outgo. No matter what you do in life, there's going to be some outgo. You're going to have to eat and live indoors. But if you can minimize that, which is not today's topic, if you can minimize the outgo next week, but if you could could make enough income to have enough to, to get ahead, well, that's where you eventually can stop working. Not because you get ahead and then you live off of what's ahead slowly until it's all gone and you're dead one day. Hopefully, your money outlasts your life. But to where you get so far ahead that this doesn't deplete itself, it just generates passive income for you without shrinking at all and replaces your need to work at all. But it begins by working first. And so, Proverbs, so Solomon earlier was telling his kids to learn from the ant. Remember, he says, learn from the ant and be wise. The ant works hard and then gathers and stores it up for later. Here's the thing. Solomon wasn't done talking yet. The very next verse is Proverbs chapter 6 and verse 9. He says, but you, oh lazy bones, how long will you sleep? When will you wake up? Then he says this, a little extra sleep, a little more slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, pause, let's add some other thoughts in there, a little more time watching, let's go back here, phrase: a little extra time to play Netflix. A little extra time to, oh, I mean to, play, to watch Hulu, watch Netflix, watch Hulu, play PS4, whatever it may be. A little extra time to do the things, nothing bad about those things. But a little more time doing that, and a little less time working, a little more time resting and taking it easy. He says in verse 11, Then poverty will pounce on you like a bandit. Scarcity will attack you like an armed robber. Here's what he's saying. He's saying life tends to have ebbs and flows. That's just how it works. At some point, you're working really well, and then setbacks just happen. We go through seasons of plenty and seasons of, that's just, that's just how, it's just this world we live in. And if, if, during the seasons of plenty, you, you kind of coast because you're feeling okay. There's plenty of time, plenty of energy, plenty to do. You, can just, you don't need to work any harder. You don't need to spend any less. You don't have to make any more. You'll be okay. When the scarcity comes, when the tough times come, we're usually in a pickle. But if we work hard while it's good and, and use the opportunity to get further ahead, we're going to be okay. So it's ultimately through work. And again, we don't mean bondage, bondage to the man. We mean getting ahead. So what does work mean? Well, we want to give you a definition today that you can take with you. And it goes like this. Work, work is an exchange of value. And if you have a hard attitude towards your job or towards work, I hope that you'll let this definition sink into how you view work in general or work where you work. Work is an exchange of value. Say, what Arlen, what does that even mean? Here's what that means. It's exchanging your time and your energy for income. Work is about exchanging your time and your energy for income. For example, you, need, you have no money, but you've got time because you don't have a job either. So you go to someplace and you say, hey, I can offer you my time every week, every day. And I can bring, I can bring myself here, bring my time, and I will come and work and, and trade for your money. Someone else has money, enough money to start a company, enough money to hire some employees, but they need those employees to help them to bring business in, to bring more money. They just don't have enough time and energy by themselves, so they need to hire someone and pay them with their money to bring their time and energy, along uh, to bring more business in so that everyone can benefit. And so they offer money for your time and energy. You offer your time and energy for their money right? And it can get a lot more complicated. We can go, we can go micro thoughts about this. You can get a lot deeper than this. But here's the bottom line. Um, it's really on a simple level about exchanging your time and energy for income. By the way, who wants to exchange your time and energy? I'd rather keep my time and energy. I'd rather chill and do what I want to do. Who wants to work? And if you have the money, who wants to pay it to somebody else? Because they're a good cause. You'd rather keep your money. But if you have the money and you need the workers, you pay for the time and energy. And if you have the energy and time, but you need the money, you give that time and energy. And it's an exchange of value, ultimately. And, and sometimes we sit back and say, well, yeah, but Arlen, I don't think I'm getting enough value. They don't pay me enough for the work I bring to the table. I understand. Here's the thought on that. You have options. You can always find a job that you think values you and pays you accordingly. If you can find one, you can just use your off hours or your extra time in the evening to hunt for a better job. But if you can't find anyone to pay you more because you can't find this, no one's out there doing that, you could rage about the system and why nothing's fair and refuse to work at all, and you're never going to get ahead while you refuse to work at all. Or you can say, I think I should do better than what they're offering me, but it's the best that I can do. So I'm going to go ahead and do it. Instead of doing nothing, out of protest, I'm going to do it. And when I find a way to spend less so I can use that to save some more to get ahead so eventually I can fund my own job, my own business, my own thing, my own investments can work for me. I'm going to eventually not need this anymore, but i got to do some, I got to do it for a while. And that's what I keep saying here is, is you know, we don't want you to have to work forever. But I, I've watched. Here's what happens. And I know most of us understand this. But I feel like our younger generation, and it's not their fault. It's, I said this last week. The younger generation, there's a lot of hopelessness about, you know, is, you know can, does, does, does it work anymore? Is the whole system broken? And the hopelessness comes from the jadedness that my generation and the generation before me have passed down to them, usually because we had an income or an outgo problem ourselves, and we blamed everything else for the outcome. And bad things happen to good people, but a lot of times it's just bad principles. And, and we've passed on a jaded view. And young people, don't be jaded. Don't be jaded. There are more opportunities now than there ever have been. There are more millionaires being made today than there ever have been. I know people personally not who did not have a silver spoon in their mouth. They were just like you and me, they worked hard and they did what I'm teaching series, and today I can name you several who are millionaires because they did this. There are millionaires everywhere. There's 10 millionaires everywhere. There's 100 millionaires. And there's more billionaires than you've ever saw before. And I know there's income equality problems and all sorts of things. But the system, the, idea, the principles work. And don't let people say it's broken and it can't be done because some of us didn't do it. Because it's, the, chance, the opportunity, the land of opportunity, the time and history that we're in, it can be done more than you know, but you have to not be jaded. You've got to believe the principles of the Bible. God's principles work. And yes, bad things can happen like the ant you could get stepped on and it's over. I mean, life can just happen. That's why we trust in God, not our money. But if, barring the tragic, if you follow the principles, you can get ahead. You say, well, Arlen, I'd rather do different kind of work. I'd rather do something for work that brings me fulfillment. Like I get fulfillment, Arlen, out of making forest landscapes out of papier-mâché. That's what brings me fulfillment. Wonderful. If you can monetize papier-mâché forest landscapes, you can monetize that, you got yourself an income. That's good. Keep that up. Most of us can't. It's like we live in a day and age now where people, you know, can, some people can play video games online on YouTube and people watch them and they make money, good money, from playing games or vlogging. And I want to do that. If you can, but here's the thing I can want to do that. I can do it tomorrow. No one's going to pay me. I'm not that exciting to watch. So here's the thought you need to understand if something you want to do brings you fulfillment but doesn't bring you income, it isn't work, it's a hobby. Okay? And yes, I would love for you to someday be able to take your passion or your hobby and turn it into a side hustle and make you some money. But until then, you got to work and use your spare time for that, not, not refuse to work and hope that will someday pan out. And you, or you can just work and get so far ahead that you don't need to worry about money anyhow. You can sit back and say, you know what? I'm just going to do what I want to do. But you got to start with work. In fact, it's first things first, it's priorities. Solomon talked about priorities elsewhere in Proverbs. In fact, here's one verse for you. Proverbs 24, verse 27, he said this, do your planning and prepare your fields before building your house. Do your planning and prepare your fields before. Then afterwards, you build your house. See, we want to build the house, right? We want to get the big house on the hill, we want the house on the, We we want the house with a big, all the square footage we want. We want the theater room. I'm gonna put a theater room in my house with big comfortable chairs and a giant screen to watch the Avengers movies on again because that's what I want to do. I'm gonna just. I'm gonna. This would be great. That's great. You want to build your house. Solomon says, do your planning and prepare your fields first. What is your fields? Well, in those days, their fields represented their income. they go out in their fields agriculturally. They'd bring their produce home to live on, to eat, or to trade with other people for other products. It was their source of income. Today, your fields could be whatever field of occupation you're in, or you could be in. You could prepare your occupation first, your fields first. And your planning could represent training uh, it could represent college or, or some kind of training. I don't think everyone needs to go to college. I don't think that's how it, it needs to work. I think that if you're going to be in a career or a field of work that requires a college education, you've got to get your college education for it or you won't get into that career. But just to get a degree, just to get a degree uh, and hope that it pans out someday and some, you can monetize it. A lot of folks have useless degrees. So you want to find a, a one that's got a, an end game with an actual occupation in sight that you can actually get into that actually pays real money. Um, or a trade school. Get into a trade, go to trade school. But you do your planning and prepare your field, your occupation, your source of income first. And then afterwards build your house. That's how it, that's how it works. We want to get the other stuff first because it's more exciting. But priorities are always the key. First things first. And so even if we don't want to do this forever, we got to do it for now. And that's what I said earlier about young people who say, it's not their fault, it's, old. it's my fault. It's my generation's fault. It's the one before me who say, who left a bad taste in the mouth of young people who say, I just, I'm afraid that if I, I don't want to spend my entire life on the treadmill of a work existence doing a nine to five until I drop dead. Okay, I understand that. I don't, here's the point. I don't want you to. That's the whole point of the sermon series. I don't want you to do that. But just because you don't want to do that like you saw dad or grandfather do, just because you don't want to do that forever, doesn't mean you should refuse to do it ever. Right? Do for now what you don't want to do forever so you can leverage that by not spending it all, next talk, and save it instead so you can stop doing this forever. You can do something better with your life, but it starts by maximizing income. Now, say, well, Ireland, I got it, but I'm hoping that my lottery ticket's going to pay off. It's not enough to hope that lottery ticket or something magical's going to happen or Aunt Gertrude, we mentioned Aunt Gertrude last week with her millions of dollars, That finally dies and leaves it all to you because you gave her that special soup that you shouldn't have fed her and and now you're okay. That's not what we're talking about here. And that doesn't work. In fact, that never works out. Solomon said to his children in Proverbs chapter 13, verse 11, he said, wealth from get-rich-quick schemes quickly disappears. You know, it just does. Look, you don't have to believe the Bible, Solomon, to believe that to be true. There are blogs, web pages." News reports, video documentaries, and articles all over the place about all the people in our lifetime who've ever gotten rich quick and are broke a few years later. There are entire documentaries about it. You can find them anywhere online. In our lifetime, who got rich quick, either because they, you know, they, maybe, they were, maybe it was through sports or through acting, and they got a big break, and they got a lot of money real fast, and then they're broke a few years later. Or maybe they actually won the lottery. And the funny thing is they're broke a few years later. The crazy part is, is that, let's pick on the lottery for a second here, millions and millions and millions and millions and, can I say, millions of people will play it their whole life and never win anything significant and spend all their money that could have been slowly saved up and getting ahead on a chance that never works out for them. And then those very few people in a world of almost 8 billion people, those very few people who actually ever win that thing, are oftentimes broke within a few years. You say, oh, that wouldn't happen to me. That's what they said. I know of a family in our county who uh, won the lottery when we first moved to town here, who I've seen in recent years having garage sales to try to raise money to pay for things. It's gone. It's just how it works. Because if you don't get money through the right principles, we probably won't keep money through the right principles. It's 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 a tale as old as time. True as it can be. It's it's, it's three thousand years ago when Solomon said, "Wealth from get-rich-quick schemes quickly disappears," but he also said, "Wealth from hard work grows over time—not right away, but a little bit here." Don't you overestimate what you can do in a year, but you underestimate what you can do in five years, ten years, and over time, it grows. Once you've worked hard to maximize your income, you can use what you've built to do your work for you. My goal for you is not just to get ahead, just to be ahead, but to turn this into passive income and generate this so you don't longer need traditional work. But that won't happen unless you work first for a while and save aggressively. So to help us illustrate this, I'm going to ask Anthony to come up here. Anthony, so as he's getting ready, I want to tell you something. I don't, any sermon you hear preached ever is done in collaboration. I almost, I'm not a solo act here. I like to work together, a few of us sometimes, but especially Anthony and me, we work hard week in, week out to prepare the messages that you hear. And so as I was sharing with him the message for this Sunday, he told me about a game, that, that he, a silly little game that they found. So it's, a, it's a simple game. There's other games like it, I'm sure, but they found that his kids liked. It's so silly, it's so simple, but it illustrated our point so well that I want him to come up and take a few minutes uh, to show it to you and then a few minutes more to talk about the principles about work. But let's, let's talk about the silly game. And if you're sitting in the far corners, you might want to scoot over. You don't have to be. You might, might want to scoot over to a, one of the four center sections to, sit in, to see this better. But we'll try to explain it to you as we go.
1: Okay. So, it is a game called Cookie Clicker. If you've heard of Cookie Clicker, raise your hands. The younger you are, the better chance. This is my section. Thank you. Awesome. My kids were here in the first service, and as soon as they saw it, they're like, we're playing games in church. This is amazing. So, we're trying to learn something. So, every time you start a new game, you get a random thing. So, you are a magic cook. So, er- What was
0: I earlier? I was, magic- I was captain, captain Zebra. You got demoted. I'm oh, sorry. man.
1: So this is Magic Cook's Bakery, and so there's a giant cookie, and there's a mouse. You may not be able to see it because the mouse is small, but every time you click, you get a cookie. That is the entirety of the thing. There's more to it. I understand. I'm explaining it slowly. So every time you click, and you may not be able to hear it. I can put it up there. There you go. Huh. I didn't do that last time. Yeah. So I'm going to click, and I can just keep working. Now I can just sit and say, okay, I have 28 cookies. Good for me. I'm happy with that. Or I can say... I'm going to stop doing that because that clicking is going to annoy somebody. I can keep working because I want to work hard and I'm going to build up. And so what I'm going to do, I'm going to break my finger here, trying to get to 100 cookies because there's a reason I'm going to do it. Now, I don't want to waste my cookies. I don't want to eat them. I mean, I kind of want to eat a few of them. I'm not going to. I'm going to go over here and I'm going to make an investment. Now, this is a cursor. This is something that's going to click for me so I don't have to click so much, but Honestly, it's not doing so much. It's giving me a 10th of a cookie every second. Mm. That's not really doing it. So I'm gonna keep working. I'm gonna keep working and once I get to 100, I can make a bigger investment. So I'm gonna go over here. You may not be able to see this, but there's an upgrade that I'm gonna do and it's gonna cost me 100 cookies. I'm back to one now and two, because it's going a little bit, but now every time I click, instead of being worth one cookie, now it's worth two. So my investment, is paying off. So now it's, it's going a little bit higher. You can see every time I click, it's going a little higher, but it's still not fast enough for me. So over here, in addition to getting something that'll click, I can get, I can hire a grandma mm. surprisingly to hire a grandma, you only need a hundred cookies. So if you ever find yourself and need them an extra grandma for any reason, <laughs> just walk around somewhere with a hundred <laughs> cookies and say grandma wanted and they'll show up. It's amazing. So I'm going to click on this grandma, and now she's going to help. She's going to bake with me because she's an awesome grandma. And so now she's baking a cookie. Now I'm up to 1.2 every second. It's still not going super fast, so I'm going to keep working hard. And the whole point of this game is, honestly, the more that you click, and I'm clicking a ton for those of you who are listening online later. Uh, if you can't see it online or in person, you're in the corners. The more I click, the more cookies I'm getting, and I'm just going to keep really working hard, I'm stalling. If you want to see this in more detail, you can go to my Twitch stream or my YouTube channel. I don't play this game for a living. That's my side hustle I'm working on. It. I'm trying to listen to the sermon series. So I'm, I'm all the way up to 380, 390, 400. I have a goal here, I promise. I promise. It's, work is hard, it takes a long time to make some money, but that's the point of what we're talking about. What if you
0: didn't work? Would you be making cookies still right now?
1: I would be. It's kind of very, very, what? very.
0: 507, 508, 509. So your investments are making you a little cookie.
1: So I'm going to make another investment over here. Now I'm going to make it now every time I click, instead of being worth one or two, it's worth four. So now it's starting to go a little faster. Well, mm-hmm. Now I'm making enough. I can hire another grandma to make more cookies. This one's more expensive because she, she is not going to settle for 100 now we're going to buy another one. So now I'm up to 3.4 per second. So now it's starting to work. I'm gonna, wow. I'm going to keep clicking, keep clicking. My wrist is hurting a little bit. I'm going to keep clicking, keep clicking. There's all these kind of things I'm doing. I'm up to 4.4, 4.8. Let me just spend some of that. Some of you are probably a lot better than I am, but
0: this. Uh, What's my, interesting uh, is.
1: So I'm, I'm working <laughs> at but now. If you stop go?
0: clicking, what was it? If you no. stop clicking, it's, it's moving for you because you got 6.4 being made for free per second here exactly.
1: now. So I've done a lot of work and now it's just going to build up. And obviously the point of the game is to keep going and do it more and do it more. And eventually Mm. now I'm up to eight per second. If I keep working, the long run is I'm making more per second than I'm making per click. So if I want to keep getting ahead, I'm going to do that. And eventually by the the more that I do this, I'm going to wind up making more per second than I can per click. So I'm just here, Look at I'm that. Up to 11 per second, and I don't have to work, I can choose to, I can work extra and, and keep it going, but this is just going to slowly build over time and replace my need to just stand here, or sit here, or make you keep watching me click. And but if, you're, if you do both,
0: second. you're getting faster ahead, but even by itself, it's making you a lot of cookies already.
1: Exactly. The more I want to work, and the more I want to work extra, it opens so much Whew. more things down the line. So... I'm going to leave this here at 100 cookies and 13.2 per second, and I'm going to get this out of our way because I, for one, will be distracted by wanting to keep clicking, and we won't get to what we want to get to. What was the point of that? To have fun in church. That's the point. I mean, right? You can play games. If you can get, pick, no, if you can play games while you can, but there's a bigger point. There's four points, actually, that yeah. this really tied into that we wanted to talk about today.
0: Yeah, there's four points about what, what, what it means to work. And and the game illustrates all four points in a way because obviously when you watched him do the game, and once you get to 100 cookies, you're like, well, I'm I'm going to eat those now. But instead of spending them on yourself, you invest them. You start you're down to zero again, but now you're having extra stuff working with you. And the more you do that, the more you do that. Your investments at first are very small, but they're adding a little extra income to your clicks. The clicks are like work. Work, 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 work. little extra investment helps you work, but it's still slow. But then you get more and you invest more and it's helping you work more. Eventually, your investments are outpacing your work and you don't have to click so much. But you, but, but you won't get any investment until you first click, <laughs> all right, before it ever gets big enough for you to sit back and just say, do the work for me. For the longest time, you first have got to click and click and click like a crazy person to get the investment in order to stop having to work so hard later on. you got to click first. So if click is like work, I hope that what I'm saying today, what we're saying today, clicks with you. So there's four principles to work. Number one is this, work. I know that's real deep right there, but work. What that means is this. It means work to find a job. I know a lot of people in my life who we're good at working if we have a job we're good at working at our job but if we ever got unemployed or something fell apart we weren't working we're not so good at working to find a job if it comes to us we're great but we just i don't want to market myself and i don't want to talk to people i don't want to be rejected but but work to find a good job we're trying to find a better job you can do that while you still work a current job work to get there on time show up on time every day be there early don't call off you know be there when you don't feel great even unless it's that bad um I mean, just, you know, because you're, you know, just, you just want a day off. Work. Uh, Be valuable while you're there. So work, work, work is the first idea. And the second idea, Anthony, is to work hard.
1: Exactly. So as you saw, when I first started, if I'm just clicking and I occasionally click just when I feel like it, I'm not going to get very far. But as you could hear where I pulled it up to the microphone, you could hear there was a lot of clicking going on. Mm -hmm. So... The idea is you can't just settle for saying, okay, well, I'll work and I'll work sometimes, I'll work when I feel like it. Or it's really tempting for us if we have a job to look down on all those people that don't work and say, well, at least I get up, I have a job. But then when we go to the job, we don't work. We don't work hard. And, or we'll spend all our time complaining about how bad the job is or how bad the boss is and how horrible is it when we've got this opportunity and we're supposed to be the one exchanging value, Mm -hmm. and we decide that we're just going to do it halfway, we'll exchange our time, we'll show up, but our energy we keep back. Mm -hmm. And we wonder why we aren't getting ahead. It's because we're not participating in that full exchange of value. And it can be frustrating sometimes because most people don't like their jobs. We want to get you ahead where you can get to a job that you do like or do something you do like because you don't have to work so much but while you do it's going to take some hard work you can't just say well it's i'm here so leave me alone You gotta work hard. Yeah.
0: And and you mentioned the attitude's important. You have a bad attitude at work because you don't like a job. Everyone doesn't like their job at some point, but the job is what supplies the income. And just showing up is, you're right, I'm doing better than some people by having a job, but showing up is just half the battle. It's working hard. You ever go into a fast food restaurant and you walk in and the people behind the counter are like, you could just tell they are mad that you showed up? They're like, oh, customers. And you're thinking, are you kidding me? If it wasn't for customers, you wouldn't have a job. You know? Because people have a hard time seeing that their attitude towards their work is what generates success in the company, and that success in the company is what opens up the door for them to be able to have employment, and if they would, if they would exchange their value and make the company more valuable, they could move up within the company, and moving up within the company, or it could get a better raise because they're adding value. Instead of just saying, I'm just here, that's enough, just pay me because I'm awesome, just work hard and and with a good attitude, and that's a a big step. What's number three?
1: It leads into also, don't just work hard, work smart. Mm. Because I could still be clicking and just earning one cookie per click, and it would take me a long time to get anywhere. But by being willing to make those investments, and I made some investments in myself, I made some investments in things outside of me, Mm -hmm. but that was something that went from one to two to four and increases that way. It's going, if we apply it from a game into our job, it's about those extra certifications that you do. It's the continuing ed. It's it's finding those other skills to say, what can I learn how to do to improve myself? And you say, well, why should I work harder? It's part of working harder, but it's working smarter for a couple of reasons. It helps you be more valuable in your company, in the business that you're doing, but it's also getting you more valuable to take those skills once you learn them and have them, they go with you. So you can take them to that other job. You can take them home if it's something you learn and then you can do it your own home without paying somebody else to do it. All those investments are things that you can take by being smart, by working smart. It lets you bring more value to where you are, more value to yourself that you can take somewhere later. It was, um, you had an illustration. I don't know if we have time for that because... Somebody
0: close to you that's done the example. Michelle's thing. brother uh, was, a, was in the military served as a police officer and he just he was he started in the police force working in military bases and he was lower level but he started adding every certification and every possible side thing he could do to add to his resume just every class he could add every skill set every every certification he could get and eventually because he did those things he had not, he was working higher in position than guys who were there longer he had opportunities across the country and some really cool things happened because he 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 works smart, not just hard. And that's, my story would be when I was working at, um, overnight transportation, um, before I, uh, which is now UPS freight, right, Tim? When I worked back there, no, it's not anymore. It's something else completely. Anyhow, when I worked back in my old trucking company days, um, I remember one time I was working an eight hour shift and, um, I would, um, our boss, our terminal manager was, had to go to court. They had a big court case going on and he, um, they needed some work getting paperwork ready, and I heard that because I was up getting some papers myself. So I went up after I finished my eight-hour shift, and I said, hey, do you need some people just to do paperwork to get you ready? And he's like, man, I need some help. We're just buried under stacking papers, things sure sort of forms in the right order, stapling them together, putting, we just, we have boxes of work to do. And I said, hey, I'll work afterwards today with you. It's not my job. i work in the dock, but he's like, would you? I said, yes. Yeah. So I stayed eight extra hours working in the office with them. They gave me a motel that night, you remember this? And uh, I slept for eight hours and then came back to work for the next eight-hour shift in the dock and then did the same thing. I did that a few times. And it was extra money, which is nice, but also it was the boss saying, this guy, who is this guy? And he's willing to do things. And so then they had a, a side part of the business that needed an extra person one day. And they said, well, Arlen will do it, I think. So they put me in there and I learned that side of the job. I learned this side of the job. And, and before long, I, was, I had my hand in every single part of that business. I was doing it all. And... Um, I left all of that to become a pastor because there's big money here. Not. But uh, I left all that to become a pastor. But there were guys in that company, Tim, we know this, who were who lower on the growth scale than me as far as opportunity, who eventually wanted to become terminal managers and, and make some really big money. I was on the fast track to all of that simply because I didn't just work, but I worked smart. I was, became valuable. I made the company more valuable. I learned a lot of things and became indispensable. And um, instead of just doing as little as I had to do to complain about my stupid job and boss, which were frustrating at times, but by doing, being valuable and working smart, I, my opportunities increased so tremendously in that one job. Exactly.
1: And that's really a combination of that that we were talking about in our last point, which is work extra. Mm, yep. Work extra. Because there are times that it's, it's easy to just say, well, I'll get ahead later, I'll do whatever, but it's, it's the overtime. It's not just, obviously, we don't want you to be stuck at a nine to five. That's, that's not the goal. And we all are there to a certain point until we can get ahead enough to not do it. But sometimes it takes more than the nine to five. It takes the five to nine afterwards, the, mm-hmm. the overtime to get that little bit ahead. It's that side hustle. It's uh, people in our church that work a job and then afterwards do uh, Instacart delivery or DoorDash. It's those extra things. It's being willing to volunteer for an extra shift. It's all those things. In the game, it was saying, yeah, I've got some grandmas working hard for me baking cookies. That's awesome. But I'm still going to work. I'm still going to put in the effort because those four things are really the encapsulation of what Solomon was talking about when he said hard work. If we can go back to Proverbs 13, like we were talking about earlier. Next verse. uh, The the verse on the screen. Obviously, the wealth from get-rich-quick schemes quickly disappears. But the wealth from hard work All those four steps to work, to work hard, to work smart, to work extra when you need to, that's the wealth from hard work that winds up growing over time. Mm -hmm. And just because I'm not done with the game, because I want to see it, I want to show you one more thing and then I'll get out of the way. (laughs) So one of those things, by building up, when we left, wasn't doing so great. Now, just in the time that we've talked about those things, we're over 7,000 cookies, just because it's... Built over time.
0: Making 13.2 per second off your investments as well.
1: And that's awesome. Now, one of the things, obviously, this is a game. Games go faster than real life. You're going to have to work harder than just a few minutes to get this. But to give you an example, I started a game and let it run most of the morning. I just did some work a little bit and let it run to give you an idea. <laughs> so here's one that now has twenty almost 24 million cookies and is making 3,000 per second.
0: And if you click, what's it doing for you?
1: If I click, I'm getting all of 42.7. So at this point, you could say, what's the point of clicking at this point? I've gotten far enough ahead. I can just let it do the work for me. And that's what it's been doing since before the first service Mm -hmm. is just accumulating. Because wealth from hard work, the hard work I put in here before we put it there, grows over time. I didn't click the golden cookie, did I? I know that bothers people if I don't do that. That's just in my section of people that know the game. So they're they're upset at me. I'm sorry. But anyway, (laughs) this is what we're talking about. It's it's a game. We understand that. But it's an illustration of really what Solomon's point was and other things we'll see in just a second, that this is what it is. It's about wealth from hard work. It's doing the work to then let that wealth that you accumulate build over time.
0: Exactly. I'll finish up here for just a second. Wealth that you build over time that you don't spend. You build it and you save it so it can work for you instead of just getting more house, better car, better stuff. And the, the, the problems are outgo. We'll discuss that a different week. But you got to get wealth, and earn it, and, and you, then put it to work for you. you got to save it up. You've to maximize income before you can even minimize your outgo. you got to maximize income. One more verse that we haven't shown you yet. Proverbs 21, verse 5, Solomon said this. Good planning. And hard work lead to prosperity. Good planning and hard work. Good planning means I figure out, you know, what education do I need for this career? How do I make this the best of this business? What's the best place to land? Is it What's the best occupation to be in? What's the best way to handle my budget when I get it so it doesn't all get spent? Good planning, good planning. And then hard work while I'm there just working hard. It leads to prosperity. But hasty shortcuts lead to poverty. So again, if you're young and you're like, I just don't want to be like my dad or grandfather and spend my entire life in a nine-to-five on the treadmill of a work existence until the government says I could get a social security check when I finally stop. That might have to happen for many people, but I don't want you young people to have to do that. And you don't. This world has people all the time who are winning a lot faster through these principles. And you say, well, how? What are they doing with this? We'll talk about that in the last week. We'll talk about what to do with this. But it starts by working hard and getting ahead. I don't want you to do the nine-to-five forever, but it doesn't mean you don't have to do it ever. Do for now what you don't want to do forever. And when you're doing it for now, make the best of it so it can eventually let you stop doing it forever. But you got to start where you are. Your, listen, this is important. You don't, it's, it's doing what it takes for a season because, don't miss this, your greatest wealth building tool is your income. Now, again, we can spend our greatest wealth building tool on our outgo. It's a different conversation for a different Sunday. But the, you can't do anything without the income. This is your greatest wealth-building tool, is your work. And that's why you work, work hard, work smart, and work extra to get more to build. And you can do something. You say, well, we should be wealthy anyhow. Eh, we should be generous. The Bible's full of people who are generous and people who are stingy. And God corrects both attitudes or corrects the stingy attitude. But it's full of people who, in the Bible, some of our Bible heroes were very wealthy. You can be, but you got to get there largely through maximizing income. It's not, you you have to keep it once you earn it, that's next week, but the cart that comes before, the the horse comes before the cart, and that's your income. So, here's how you do it. It, Here's what it works. You have nothing at first, you go to work and you work for it. You go back to work and you work for the extra, that's going to eventually make you money. You work for it. After working for it for a while, it, it goes into investments, and those investments are now working with you. Now you keep working, because it's earning you some extra money passively. That's called passive income. You worked for it at first. Now it's working with you, and you work with it. You work with it. But after a while, it gets so big, it works for you. And that's when we stop this completely right here. I forgot to tell you, in the beginning of the sermon, by the way, we have M&M's on the way out of church again, for everyone gets a pack of M&M's on your way out. So if you didn't get those, I have more. Every week of this series, we're have M&M's for you as you leave. So we have M&M's on your way out the door. Don't let me forget to give them to you because they're in the back, and I'll pass them out as we leave. Does anybody here not like M&M's? You just don't like them? Who does not like M&M's? Eh. Okay, who's, that's, who's your favorite candy is M&M's? Just, that's your favorite. Really, it's your favorite? Come up here, Bethany. Here's what I got for you. These are all yours, okay? You're welcome. You know, it's fun, to, it's fun to be able to do that. And I did it because I can. Because when you get ahead, right? When you get ahead, you can do what you can, you can do, what you want to do. And I want you to get ahead so you can be generous and you can be, and you can be free. So work for it, work with it, and let it work for you. Every week we leave with a question. And we're going to get out a couple minutes. I'm running late right now. We've got to sing two songs here and such. But let me just say this as I close. Every week we leave you with a question to take home with you. Last week the question was, what does, it mean, what does getting ahead mean to you? What I hope it means to you in part is eventually replacing your need to work so hard for income. But you have to do it first. You've got to click and click and click and work and work and work and work and work until you're there. So today, since we're talking about maximizing income, here's today's question. How are you, going to maximize your income. Think about that. Talk about it with your spouse, talk about your family, talk about it, think about it yourself. How can you maximize your income? What can you do? Is it that, like Anthony said that, I get off my nine to five and I put a couple hours into DoorDash or Instacart delivery or is it a side hustle I'm doing on the way or is it, is it a way of, of doing something else that's clever with passive income? Is it some investments? How can you maximize your income in a tangible way so that you can get far enough ahead to change your future? Think about that this week. And if you're like, okay, I'll do that, but what's next? Well, the next part is for next week. We're going to move different directions every week for today. Think about that question and let it make a difference in your life.